the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. All right. Welcome to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany, home of Conservative Talk Radio here on 930 AM, The Answer. All right. We have our special co-host for this segment on health, uh, Reginald Ballard. So we have him here today, and also we have a special uh, guest, uh, Latrice Hawkins Light. Not MC Light, but Light, L-Y-T-E. I like that name. All right. So how are you doing today, Latrice? I'm doing great. And it's actually Lights with an S on the end, L-Y-T-E. Oh, oh Lights with an S on the end. All right, no raps. That's right. Lights. I love it out. <laughs> All right, yeah. Latrice. <laughs> Latrice, uh, Tiff, Latrice, Tiffany uh, is, is not here today, and so you have the pleasure of, of just interviewing with us. And she had to. She's at a. Believe it or not, Red, you're gonna laugh at this one. She's at a Republican uh, uh, conference here in Texas. So, is that right? Uh, yeah, that's where she's at right now. Okay, and so okay. uh, we're we're po- I'm poking fun at her right now because she's right. there, and there's. A little bit of contention. We need some infiltrators up in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. Hey, Latrice fell off. Let's wait to get better back in. All right, you're back, Latrice. You can't hear anything. Can you hear us now? <laughs> I hear that. It's oh. far, far away. That's Sorry. okay. Let's roll with it, okay? Uh, Latrice, tell us a little bit about your story. Like, Tell us about who you are, so, uh, the organization. My name is Latrice Hawkins-Lights. Um, I was diagnosed with juvenile type 1 diabetes at the age of one year old. Uh, I spent 42 long years as an insulin-dependent diabetic. So that means I pretty much grew up with this illness. Um, at the age of 18, I was in a near-fatal car accident. I underwent three major surgeries from that accident. I had... Uh, immediately two feet of small intestines removed that ruptured upon impact. I had reconstructive surgery to the left side of my face. And later on that morning, we found out my L5, the lower back, the disc was broke in three different places. Um, I spent months in a spica cast, which goes around the torso and down one thigh. It's open so that you can use the restroom. But my only positions were laying down flat or standing straight up with that cast on. Um, after some months of that, I went through a few months of a spiker brace, which is built like the cast, but it does allow you to sit straight, stand straight, or lay flat. Um, with that, you would unlatch the hook on the hip to be able to stand straight up and release it to sit straight down. Um, after a few months of that, we realized that the back was healing in the wrong direction, and I did have to undergo surgery. So um, two screws, two hooks, and two rods were inserted into my L5, which I still have in my back at this time. Um, I did skip a little bit because I went through um, a period of time where I had to learn how to take care of myself by drawing your insulin, picking your site, rotating those sites, injecting your own insulin, checking your blood sugars on a regular basis, things of that sort to help take care of the diabetes. I did learn to do that at the age of five. And the reason why is because I went to a diabetic camp that taught you how to care for yourself, which is very important because you will eventually grow up and become an adult. And most of the time you live on your own in certain cases, and you have to be able to care for yourself. Also noticing your body and the signs that your body's giving you, those things are really important. Um, so that's the first half of my life, the learning how to care for the diabetes and getting through the accident. Um, it did take about five years total before they released me from that car accident, meaning that 
your injuries are healed to a point that you should be able to manage on your own. Um, I was very determined at that time being 18 to walk in high heels again, um, wear makeup and things of that sort. I just had to give my body time to heal. And eventually those are the things that I could do. Um, I do have one wonderful son um, that was a really hard pregnancy. So I didn't want to go through anymore. Um, just a lot of, a lot of uh, diabetic things that come along with being pregnant, being able to, your your body is going through changes and then the baby is taking up like everything from you so that the baby can grow. I did have a, a really healthy uh, delivery and I had a, a healthy baby when he was born, but it was because I was on top of everything in regards to the diabetes and I did everything that the doctors told me to do. And I mean, checking in twice a week where most people go to the doctor twice a week at the end of the pregnancy. I went twice a week, the whole beginning of the pregnancy and then three times a week at the end of the pregnancy. And then eventually they hospitalized me for a week before the baby was born, but he was born a healthy baby. Um, right, after on, that, hold on, hold on, I ran into some on, female on, issues on. with um, hey, Latrice, um, endometriosis and um, the, the uterus had fibroid tumors and things of that sort. So I had to have those removed. Um, again, your diabetes is always involved when you're taking insulin or any type of diabetic medication. Your body is always involved. So you have, even though that surgery seemed like it should be separate, it's actually not. It's all rolled into one. Um, after that, that was in 2014. In 2018, I went through some surgeries with, um, I had a cyst on the back of my neck and also carpal tunnel and nerve release to my arms. Um, so I've been through quite a bit. We can fast forward to 2019, I had a mask removal that uh, it attached itself to my left ovary. Hey, that was an emergency Reese. surgery. We then found out that I had sarcoidosis of the skin and I also had developed diabetic neuropathy. Uh, the beginning of 2020, I began to have a lot of hypoglycemic situations, which is when the blood sugar drops too low and it got to the point that it was dropping so fast. My CGM, which is a continuous glucose monitor, it would go off, but it would go off like too late. Like it was just dropping that fast and I couldn't catch them. By the second one, my endocrinologist said, I want you to see this transplant surgeon who's going to go over all of the information with you. Don't say yes. Don't say no. Meet with the surgeon first. My husband and I talked it over, did some research and decided, okay, we'll meet with the surgeon. The surgeon made us feel so comfortable with ensuring that everything will be just fine once we get you on the list and get, get the process moving. Prior to this, I want you to do all your pre-op, make sure all your blood work is taken care of. You will have to do weekly blood work so that we can match to make sure we can find a good match for you. Um, so we'll do this weekly. And beginning of, that was February of 2020 when I met with the surgeon. By August of 2020, I was on the list. And by September of 2020, I received my call to come in for my pancreas transplant. Wow, 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 wow. That wow. is a That's, lot. Yes, yeah, almost like a $6 million man. <clears throat> $6 million man ain't got nothing on you. Yeah. You know how they rebuild him? It's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like they rebuild your whole existence. That's a lot. A lot of yeah. stuff that you had to go through. It's, it's like the body that, that you probably had at one year old, you know, that body is not, it don't even exist no more. Huh? It's almost like you got a whole new, yeah. it's like a, a transformation from head to toe. Seemed like you had everything done. Probably the only thing is still legit on you is the gap in your tooth right there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's my long time. That's still, that's still legit. That's a lot of surgery. That is a lot. A lot of, yeah. I don't even know where to start the question. So my first question, so at one, how do you grow up as a kid, you know, especially with type one diabetes? And how do you how do your parents convince you that you can't have all the things that other kids have? How do you get convinced? How do, how does that work out? 
right? Because you're still young. So talk about that. How do you have to adjust that? I think with type two, it's probably harder or type one that's diagnosed later in life because you do have to make those changes then. Me being a baby, I didn't know because I was raised that way. My mom taught me from day one, like, these are the things you you can't have and these are some of the things you can have. Being able to recognize artificial sugars from natural sugars, uh, which natural sugars break down easier in the body than artificial sugar. Um, your artificial sugars are going to be like your sodas, your, your man-made fruit punches and candy and cookies and things of that sort, um, where your natural the natural um, sugars are from like fruits and vegetables carry sugars as well. Everything that the body has to absorb and break down, it's going to turn into sugar anyway. I mean, even down to milk, milk will break down into a sugar. The only thing that won't is water. Water will just cleanse the body. But um, yeah, so I kind of grew up knowing and then attending that camp right behind being like four years old, you go to this camp and this camp is like, everybody here is a diabetic. You guys are all the same. We're learning the same. We're going through the same techniques. We're playing basketball together, tennis together. We're horseback riding together. This camp allows you to do pretty much everything as being a normal normal child, but you're all doing it together and you're learning together. So I I would say my experience, my personal experience was fun, but I do know that there are diabetics that, you know, become diabetics at 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, 2, 3, 4, now 6 months, 3 months. I mean, they're getting younger and younger, but I think it's harder for the ones that have actually lived and was able to eat what they want to eat. And then it gets to a point where it's like, no, you can't have that anymore. I would say that's a lot harder. I, I thought yeah. I thought um, I thought di- uh, type one diabetics were born type one. I didn't know you could become a type one diabetic later in life. I thought you become a type two diabetic later in life. But you saying that that you can become a type one diabetic later in life. Oh, yeah, they're getting I know that. I, I don't want to say it this way, but they're getting older and older. And the reason why is because uh, type one just depends on how much insulin your body is still producing. So you need those, the the enzymes, which are the, the releasing of the insulin. If it's releasing enough, then you won't be a diabetic. If it's having a hard time, then that's how they determine if you're type one, type two. Um, if you're taking insulin, then at this point now, again, dependent on how much insulin your body is producing because they do sometimes put type two patients on insulin just because they need just a little bit more help with the insulin. So it's like the body's still releasing insulin, but we need you to take just a little bit more just to kind of help it out. We are doing a special campaign at Texas Kidney Foundation to get your kidneys checked. It is called Silent But Deadly because kidney disease is a silent but deadly killer. And we need you to go to our website, silentbutdeadly.org, take a 12-question test, and we will send you a kit to your house. Get your kidneys checked at silentbutdeadly.org. So that's okay. fascinating, right? And uh, yeah, I always thought, I always thought that when you type one diabetic, I thought that you know you were born um, a, a type one. I didn't know. Yeah, can you hear you back with us? You say you yeah, thought yeah. you were you thought they yeah, were yeah. born no, no, type no. one. I, I'm, I'm a type two diabetic, but I always, always, I always had the impression that um, uh, I, 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 I thought that's how I, I learned that um, you know type one diabetics usually. Was, was were born as type one diabetic. I didn't know. I no, didn't know not necessarily. Again, it depends really? on the case. I think I've met more um, type ones that are like, "Well, I was diagnosed when I was nine, and it just happens to be a coincidence." But right. I met a lot of people that became type one well, diabetic well, at the age of nine. Um, well, but well, there well, are, well, like, again, there are other stories where they're 
my my child became one at the age of two or at the age of four. Um, but, but not as an 12, adult. They don't become one as an adult, old. though, right? It just all depends. They don't really come one become like a type one as an older uh, older adult. Um, is that the case? Like, say for instance, somebody like twenty five years old. Can you become a die a type one diabetic at twenty five years yes. old? Yes, they is can. That right. That is that. weird. I didn't know that either because I thought yeah. you were just born that way right out the wound, right? Right. So yeah. you're literally and uh wow, that is interesting because you know diabetes, the reason that I find your story fascinating because diabetes and kidney disease kind of go hand in hand because right. it's the number one cause of of kidney disease, just just that old nature of of everything there. And I think fortunate for you is that you had a, a mother who educated herself quickly. And it sounds like you were extremely educated about this whole process. So uh, tell us a little bit about that process, you educating yourself. I, have, I mean, literally, it's life or death, right? Well, you, know, and, and, you, you know, I, I have one question, Kev. Can I ask this one? Go ahead. Uh-huh. It's this um, it's the guy going around now, this um, health food guy, you know, and um, uh, he's saying that, if a diabetic ate vegetable, not vegetables, um, uh, fruit, um, uh, all day for like a couple of weeks is a fruit, fruit juices, nothing but fruit. They say it, 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 it um, rejuvenates the pancreas <laughs> and have been known to stop and, and, uh, reverse diabetes. But I was I'm under the impression, I know that fruit can raise your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, but he's saying that you have to the, this type of glucose that your your pancreas needs is the the glucose from the from the fruits and a high dose of it that it will um um kick re uh start the the, the pancreas into um working properly like it's supposed to work. Now, you ever heard of that? No, I've never heard of that. And I think yeah. if that was true, a lot of people would be like, what fruit is that? Because I'm going to eat it now. <laughs> um, just like you yeah. were saying, with, because fruit does have its, its own natural sugars, if you're constantly eating fruit, then your sugar is going to constantly go up. Um, you do have to, of course, do some type of extra exercise to try to burn those those calories to get the sugar to come down. But if you're just sitting there eating fruit all day, yeah, that sugar is going to constantly go up. And you're going to find yourself in danger. Either way, the sugar goes. If it drops too low, that's dangerous. And if it goes right. too high, that's dangerous. So either right. way is is not good for the body. You want to be right. at a a stable level, right. um, which was right. the the issue that I ran into that dropping too low, too quick. You can drop right. low really slow, or you can drop low really fast. Um, and same with the high, you can go high really fast, or you can go high really slow. Usually when it's going slow, either way it's going, okay, I'm going up, I'm using the bathroom a lot, I'm thirsty, I want a lot of water. It's giving you some type of sign. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so what I find interesting, uh, Latricia, um, fatigue, think- things like that. So your body's going to let you know either way. But right. sitting around eating fruit all day is going to cause the blood sugar to go up. Right. 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 That's fascinating. Yeah. You know, the thing that I always find fascinating is that uh, when, I, when, I read, when you read the literature, right, um, when people go into kidney disease, very few of them know anything about the disease, the chronic disease before, right? It goes, I think if you look at the data, it says like four or 5% of the people uh, know something about chronic kidney disease, right? And then once their kidneys start failing them or they're diagnosed, then that goes up to like 90 something percent of those people. They are Mm -hmm. aware and they self-educate. So you seem extremely self-educated about your condition. Uh, Talk about that process and everything. Uh, Like, what did you do to go do that? About self-educating? Self-educating yourself. I think, like you said, uh, my mom has a lot to do with it. Uh, My mom, from day one, when they told her, like, look, this is what you have to do. She said she had a hard time in the beginning. Like, I just, I can't give this baby needles every day. You know, she doesn't like it. I don't like doing it. So they pretty much sat her down, she says, and told her, if you don't do this, this baby's not going to live. So that kind of clicked something in her head, like, okay, so I have to do this. I have to take these classes. I have to learn how to care for this child. And by her doing it every single day of my life, some things I've caught on to and some things she actually taught me. But as I got older, I realized 
knowing your body inside out is where it starts. It starts with you. So I pay attention to everything. If I cut my finger, if it's a paper cut, I'm examining it and trying to figure out, can I put neurosporin on this or should I be going over to the emergency room or calling my primary doctor or doing something? But I'm so in tune with my body just because I don't want it to lead to any other issues. And I have realized um, how important the kidneys are by doing my research with transplant, um, just because I didn't know, but the, the kidneys filter everything. So that's your filtration system. So you wanna keep those cleansed out. They're pushing out all the, the toxins and things like that. You don't want it sitting in there, building up gook pretty much and that's kind of what, what messes your kidneys up. You want to have them cleansed out. That's why water is so important. Keep the kidneys cleansed out. Allow them to continue to, they're like recycling. They're recycling. They're pushing out the bad stuff and mm -hmm. keeping the, the yeah. good stuff going. So kidneys are very, very important. They're very small, but they are so important. And that's a good spot for us to end right now as we get ready to go back into segment two. And you're listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio. All right, Shamai, you'll see the white card. OK. All right. That is uh, great. All right. Uh, we're going to set up for the next question that uh, Reg is going to answer because he had one there. Sorry for cutting you off. And Sorry. we're back. And we're back on 930 AM, The Answer, home of Conservative Talk Radio with On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany. All right, Latrice. Uh, Reg, you had a question you were going to ask. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, you know, kidney patients, you know, uh, transplant patients, you know, um, when they get the kidney, the, the body start back working like it's uh, supposed to work for its filtration. Uh, when you got your pancreas, is that did that cure the, the type one diabetes? So you're not a diabetic now? Correct. Once I received the pancreas, I'm right then and there. As soon as they they connect everything back, it's it's completely gone. So there wow. was no more. I got my transplant um, in the afternoon of September 15th, 2020. By that evening, they were finished the surgery. It took about a little over two hours. But the, the surgeon came out and told my husband, who was in the waiting room, as of, uh, I think he said, like, 3.45 p.m., something like that, your wife is no longer a type 1 diabetic. Wow. And wow. Then so the, no the more recovery period, period started to, you know, the healing process yeah. began to start. So No more insulin. You can eat whatever you want to eat now. And Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, my cousin my cousin had a, a kidney same time. Him a, a pancreas, you know, he had a kidney transplant and a, and a um, pancreas, and um, yeah, he's not diabetic anymore either. So, so there is a cure for diabetic for diabetes, yes. other than yes. yeah. But so, in my no. case, I didn't get the kidney. I still have my original kidneys, right. thank God. Right. But um, I did need that that pancreas to complete the inside. Once one organ stopped working it makes it that much harder for the other organs. So that's how the kidney disease becomes high. Um, heart disease becomes high. Um, liver disease, becomes, all of those things become high on the scale just because one organ isn't working. So you really need them all. I always say all organs matter because they do matter, all of them. They work together. Yeah. So you didn't go out immediately after that and start, you know, and crack open a Pepsi and, and, and start putting that down. Right. You still keep within your routine. Talk about that now that you with the pancreas, no longer type one diabetic. So what does your diet look like? So pretty much, yes, I can eat whatever I want. But because, <laughs> because I spent 42 long years of being a diabetic, it's hard for me to break that. So I still eat as though I'm a diabetic. My taste buds don't like things that are really, really sweet. I'm like, oh, it tastes like syrup. And it might be a soda or something like that. Um, if I've gone all day and haven't eaten, then I start to kind of feel a little jittery. And it's not that it's hypoglycemic or anything like that. It's your your body just saying, hey, you know, I understand you're not diabetic, but you still got to feed me, you know. Right, so it becomes right. like things of that sort. But you really, you really can do what you want. And I'm like, this is so amazing. People that have all of their organs and that are used to eating whatever they want. When I tell them it's not like a big deal to them, 
but it means so much to me because it was a lot you know, growing up with it, being a teenager, trying to get through that phase as being a diabetic, all of your friends are not, you're the only one. So, you know, that was, that was a chore in itself. Um, even like, like grammar school on up, like I, I think the, the junior high and high school are probably the hardest years um, of trying to get through and then becoming a young adult and a mom and things like that. Um yeah, so it, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> now, I, heard, I heard another thing is that um, people that that has have those gastrointestinal uh, type uh, surgeries um, become you know that, that that were diabetic after they get the surgery they they not diabetic again once they lose the weight and it's just like a lot of them become um, uh, not you know not being dependent on on insulin anymore. You said a lot of them become. Uh, become uh, um, not dependent on insulin. They become yeah. not non-diabetic now. You know, the, the people that's getting those lab bands and those uh, gastrointestinal type surgeries, when they... When they uh, no, with that, I don't know. Weight. I don't really have any information on that. Yeah. The gastro... Well, I, know people, um, yeah, I do know that. that the GI doctors do play a big part in um, diabetic health care and supposedly it's because, of course, the gut pretty much controls everything, but it's something about the insulin and how it's manufactured. Um, which I really can't go into too much detail because I'm still researching it myself. But my research in regards to insulin comes in because when I was diagnosed way, way, way back, they insulin was actually coming from animals mm-hmm. when yes. now it's manufactured in a laboratory. So mm-hmm. the insulin that so they had you on like pork and like beef. Pig, yeah, and pigs. the pork insulin that they had me on, um, which was um by was that by Lily? I think Lily made the pork and Lily made beef. So when I would inject the pork insulin, it would actually eat the skin from the inside out so it looked like a bad rash pretty much but it was literally the insulin eating the skin from the from the inside of the body out because you're injecting it in so it's it's sitting under the skin and it would eat the skin from the inside out um so they told my mom well don't give her pork products so like no bacon no ham no none of the pork products um, and then eventually over time, they changed it and they started making it in laboratories, which that worked out a lot better. Um, you can still be allergic to insulin because there were certain brands that I was still allergic allergic to, but not like the animal insulin um, back when I was a little girl. Uh, but because of that, because of them telling my mom, don't give me pork. I don't eat pork because of that. That started when I was a little girl. So I've never had a piece of ham or pork chop or any of that good stuff. <laughs> That's funny because I, I stopped eating pork in the eighth grade, 1979. So <laughs> so you became a part-time Muslim, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. It's funny because I, I called my grandmother and uh, my, I told my grandmother, I said, Mama, I said, I'm not going to eat no more pork. She said, why? I said, because I heard it's not good for you, so I'm not going to eat it. And I was, she said, what you eating right now? I was eating. She said, I said well, I'm eating ham right now. She said, well, that's pork. I said, no, <laughs> ham not pork. I thought pork was like pork chops, pork bone. They have, they have the word pork in it. And I was telling it. I said, well, after I eat this, then I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, look, yeah. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> you were talking about doing your research, right? So that's always a word when I hear people say, I've been doing my research, aka I've been Googling. <laughs> yeah. Talk about like what are your sources? Cause I get emails all the time where people say, Well, I was doing my research. And I'm like, okay, is this mama names or uh, you know, some weird <laughs> website out there that's telling you some crazy stuff. So when you say doing your research, talk about that. What what do you mean by that? Well, my research, just like you said, sometimes it is Google, um, but it's also talking to doctors. So I spent a lot of time at doctor's appointments. So 
talk to them. Get your information from them. Those are going to be your best sources. Um, they should be up to date on what's going on because uh, there are always doctors, clinics, and things of that sort. And I do try to get into them if I can. Um, sometimes I'm able to. Sometimes I'm not. They do look at you as just another patient. So again, if you can get into those, then go. If you have the opportunity to go to sit in on one of the doctor's events or conventions, go for it. Um, I always try to do that. But I get my the bulk of my resources are talking to the physicians. And yes, sometimes I do Google. Yeah, but when you're Googling, what are you looking for? So when I Google, I can bring up uh, what I always say, Mama and Nims or, uh, you know, or Pawpaw and Momo's website on how to heal my kidneys with juice, fruit juice or a special yeah. cleanse. So what does that look like for you when you're doing those types of things? And um, I think she's got some Internet issues, Reggie. Oh, she's yeah, coming yeah. back. <laughs> uh, let me add you back, Latrice. Hey, you're back again. All right. What does that look like? You're right. When you're, you're Googling, what type of Googles are you looking for? Papa and Mama's uh, kidney plan or, you know, Mama Nims? What you looking at? Um, it could be something just that simple. Um, so if I'm looking for information on um, enzymes, I might just put in just the word enzymes and see what pops up and kind of go from there. And usually when you Google one thing will lead you to another, which will lead you to another, which will lead you to another. So it does take a while when you do Google, but it just depends on what I'm looking for. All right. In most know, cases, um, though, I do start with a physician. <laughs> I, I see what I they know. say first, and then I'll yeah. Google and kind of go from there. Yeah. I, I was listening to um, Dr. Sebi. You know, Dr. Sebi, you know, the nutritionist, the guy that got killed, but um, he was talking about you know, mucus is the cause of all diseases. And he's saying that, you know, like uh, glaucoma, say you have glu uh, mucus in the in the retina. And you and you're talking about diabetic, you have mucus in the uh, pancreas. It was what causes the diabetes. You say you remove the mucus from your body, then you remove remove the disease from the body, you know. And, um, you know, th that's why you're talking about a lot of uh, vegetables and vegetable uh, juices and herbs, that can, uh, you know, because I find a lot of times when I, you know, because I'm type two diabetic, so I know what a lot of times when I eat, uh, when I do the the the, the uh, veggies and and stuff like that, you know, the raw vegan, my I don't really have to use the insulin as much as when I eat regular meals, far as you know, meat, rice, and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, because, you know, and one of the things that I, that I find is that if you maintaining uh, your insulin levels and the efficiency of your insulin levels has been really important because I, I like uh, I'm doing the same thing. I don't have and it doesn't give me the brain fog that I normally have. Right. As long as I manage that. And so for me, really going toward uh, uh and I hate to say this because I live in Texas, less meat, right? Uh, more Plant vegetables. Yeah. yeah. So it's more of a plant base is where we're moving toward. And I don't have the brain fog. Uh, my body and my insulin levels are actually getting better. My blood work gets better as well. Uh, so that's why I always say, you know, when you're Googling, like I generally stay on all things NIH, uh, those types of, of websites. And then also if you go to a lot of the, uh, the hospitals themselves, uh, uh, they're like here. We have several hospitals. Uh, uh, the University Health uh, website has a lot of good information. Methodist has a lot of good information. So those are the places that I that I'm always going to get information from because they all have that. And just like you said, Latrice, you know, is have your list of questions ready for the doctor so you can start asking those questions. Right? Hey, you know, because everyone's got a supplement or something that they're trying to give you. Right? I'm like, pause. <laughs> I don't need anything yeah. passing through yeah. my kidneys or anything like that. Because uh, I had a scare as a, when I was younger, trying to get buff, right? And uh, so I'm really hesitant to do any type of supplementation. Uh, very, very hesitant. I do a lot. Of, yeah. <laughs> All right, Latrice. 
tell us a little bit about that overall process. Cause man, you opened up the, the, the stuff you went through really made me think about the $6 million man. So it's yeah. good to know that you know, in the same place. I was like, it's like the $6 million woman. What the heck? You can be rebuilt. <laughs> you got the technology to make a bigger, stronger, faster. <laughs> so well, just like where it said, it is the original me because I do still have my gap. There you go. <laughs> but, um, my whole family, so my whole family. I went family. through to get placed on the just getting placed on the list. Um, of course, it started with my endocrinologist who endocrinologist Chronologists are doctors that specialize in diabetes as well as thyroid. So um, I saw my endocrinologist after the second hypoglycemic situation, which means the sugar dropped too low. And he recommended that I talk with the surgeon who specialized in pancreas and uh, kidney transplant. So usually the pank kidney are done at the same time. But in my case, again, my kidneys were fine. I really just needed a pancreas um, just because we were all frightened. Like if it drops that low again, will she make it? It got to the point that the paramedics will come and check it. And on their machine, it might not register anything at all, which means it's dangerously low because it's not registering on the machine. Um, so it, yeah, it got a little bit frightening and Wow. He decided this might be best, but it's again, it's up to you because it's your body. And uh, my husband and I talked it over and said, OK, let's go to this appointment and see what they say. Um, talking to the surgeon, he made us feel really comfortable in regards to the transplant itself. So we felt like, yes, we want to go go ahead and go through with it. Um, again, there was a lot of a lot of pre-testing. So um, I had to do like an EKG, a stress test, was a lot of blood work because you're getting blood work done weekly. Um, uh, what else did they do? Um, they did a, a psych appointment just to make sure that you're you're going to be okay after this is all over. They don't want you to begin to stressed out and have mental issues. And they will ask you that a lot as well after the appointment. Um, how are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? Do you feel like you, you know, you may harm yourself, things like that, just because they want to make sure your, your mind state is, is, is good. Um, so once you finish all your pre-op, then you're just waiting to get placed on the list. Um, again, I started, my first appointment with the surgeon was in February. And by August, August 14th, I received a call from my pre-op nurse saying, great news, we've placed you on the list. So now you just have to wait for the letter to come in the mail. The letter will come from UNOS, which I am an ambassador for, um, an ambassador for UNOS, which is United Network for Organ Sharing. So they're the ones who would actually find the organ for you and they are nationwide. Um, federally funded. So um, once I received a letter from them, which was about a week later, uh, it's that at that point, you're just waiting. You're just waiting for the call. So that was August 14th that I got the call from the pre-op nurse. And then on August 15th, I got the call saying, hey, we have an organ. And that morning was a crazy morning. So I must remind everybody, if you are waiting for an organ, regardless of what type of organ you're waiting for, they're going to tell you, make sure you keep your phone on you at all times. Make sure the ringer is on so that you can hear because we can call you anytime, day or night, middle of the night while you're asleep. If you're working, we can call you at work. We can call you anytime. So be prepared. Be on the lookout for that call. Um, I had my ringer on. I always kept the phone with me. This particular morning, I get up, use the restroom, left the phone in the bedroom. Um, I come back in the bedroom. I sit down. And the phone like slid under my leg and it's vibrating. And I'm like, why is the phone? So I look at the phone and it's my husband. And I'm like, why is my husband calling me at this time of the morning? So I answer and he's like, first thing he says, hey, are you okay? Because he wants to make sure I'm not having a low. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, just sitting here, just came out of the restroom. So he's like, well, the transplant team's trying to get a hold of you. They just called me. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, you might want to call them back. And I said, okay, let me call them real quick. So I hang up with him, look at the phone. And usually 
when they call you, if you don't answer, I think they try it two times. And if they don't, if you don't answer, um, they'll go ahead and go to the next patient that's on the list. But they have a long list of. Oh my God, that is crazy. Check us out at On the Record with Tiffany on YouTube. And all you have to do is look up On the Record with Tiffany and you will get to listen to us talk about freedom, opportunity, growth and progress. If you like what we're talking about or if you don't, check us out on YouTube, On the Record with Tiffany and listen to what we have to say because we can guarantee you we're going to spark some debate at your house just like at ours. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Say it again. That's crazy. That's crazy. So you could literally miss a call, miss an organ by not having your phone on? Yes, you can miss that call. Okay, they'll, they're supposed to go to the next person. Okay. Really? Really? Hold on. I got questions now. I got. I don't know about you, Reg, but I got a lot of questions. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of crazy. That's crazy. Okay, wait, wait. So my first question is, I'm a person who believes I don't want to wait for something like I'm waiting on somebody to give me an organ, give especially the I What action can I take? Can I go call people at church, hit up my family members? Hey, I need an organ. Hey, can you do an exchange with me? What? So you're waiting on a list. How do you know if you're getting to the top of the list? Explain that process because you can wait forever. You can, but with, so with the with the kidney, you can use a living donor um, because technically the body should be able to live with just one kidney. So if you have a donor that can donate a kidney to you, then that that's perfect. But for a pancreas or liver or heart, things like that, if you don't have a pancreas that's working, then you're injecting insulin. You'll still live, yes, but you're injecting insulin. And then you can run into the situations that I was running into where we don't know if she's going to make it or not, you know, with that next one. Um, With a liver, you can't live without a liver. A heart, you can't live without a heart. So in those cases, you're waiting for a donor to donate an organ to you, which means usually they've passed on. Mm. Well, um, uh, go ahead, Kevin. I, I, no, I, no, I, no, I, no, no. You go ahead. I, I well, go well, ahead. Um, um, so, like, if, if, if I say I'm diabetic, and if I say, okay, look, I don't want to take insulin more. I want to. I want to get a pancreas. Can it work like that, or does it work like that, or is it a special situation where they only consider a person uh, eligible to get a, 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 a pancreas transplant? As of right now, it's only type one. Um, and there are stipulations that do go along with that. Um, they don't do them for children. Um, I'm not sure what the actual age requirement is. And not type two. Um, they don't do it for type two. They they're not doing type two at this time. No. Mm-hmm. This is this is only for type one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, there are a lot of stipulations that come along with it. Um, they're really big on BMI. Like your BMI has to be a low BMI to go mm-hmm. through with the transplant. Um, what else did they say? And, and, BMI and was like, like number one. Your BMI and you had to be a type one. I don't know if they're looking at the number of years you're a type one or I'm not sure how that part works, but they're they're not doing them for type two at this time. So, so BMI, you, you have to have a low, a low BMI. You, have, you can't be like obesity or, or, or if you're obese. If, like if you're obese... If you're obese, they wouldn't consider you to get the. the no, the so if you're if you're type one and you're obese, you definitely have to get that BMI down. Definitely. Okay. 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 Well, 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 let me ask you this. And so, I'm sorry, so, for those of you who don't know, BMI. BMI is just your your body mass index. So they're looking right. at your your height and your weight like combined <laughs> together. Well, let me ask you this. You know what Kevin was saying. Um. Um. Okay. Say say you you missed that call. Do they give you a, a, a certain amount of time? You know, like if you just miss that call for, you know, uh, 20 minutes and you call back 20 minutes and say, oh, too late. We already gave it to somebody else. Or <laughs> 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 oh, do they like it's like a couple of days or, you know, I understand like a heart if a heart coming in, in, in the play. You know, you can't keep it out for so long. But I mean, golly, I mean, how, 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 how much time do they give you for you not to call back? 
for them to say, okay, we got to go to the next person? So again, it depends on the organ and it depends on the the facility itself. For, for, for pancreas, um, pancreas. Like you said, with the heart, the heart would be a right away. They got to, they got to, get that moving right. the liver right. right away they got to get that moving um the the pancreas because that list is not as long like it's it's pancreas and kidney together is a, is a long list but you can get a pancreas transplant and then get the kidney later um it just it just depends again on the facility the doctor that you're working with things of that sort but in my case um they did call me quite a few times before I actually called back. And when I called back, they were like, we've been trying to get in touch with you. So again, it just it just all depends. Um, I mm. do believe in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I feel like he, he, he held that, that. This pancreas that I have was for me. It's almost like musical chairs, man. It's like, you know, if, not, if you don't hurry up and sit down, it's like, that's okay. Nope. We got, hey, too late, man. We got somebody else. Now you got to start the whole process over again. Or would you still be on top of that list? Or do you go well, to you the wouldn't have to start it all over again. You just, you just missed that one, unfortunately. Wow. 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 That is crazy, man. So if you're on a transplant list and they're telling you to keep your, well, I keep my phone charged at all times. No, 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 I would have, I would have my, my phone like IV plugged into my vein. <laughs> oh my so, so check this out. So the phone was charged. And like I said, I always had it on wing, but for some reason and i tell everybody i say you know what the devil be so busy my vibrate <laughs> was on that particular morning not the ring and that's how i missed all of those calls but like again i said i think it's all in god's hands they contacted my husband who then contacted me and it was just all in all in timing um they well, then they asked how long will it take you to get to the hospital for some strange reason i said 30 minutes knowing it takes about 45 at the least um but i said 30 minutes and we left the house. All traffic was clear. It was no rush hour. We had pulled up to the hospital in 30 minutes, walked inside. And on the way walking inside, I turned to my husband and I'm like, you had my purse? And he was like, why would I have your purse? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I didn't exactly. bring my purse. I had a bonnet on my head the whole nine. So I'm like, well, we here. Let me just try and see what happens. So we walk over to that missions desk and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got the call and I was so excited and I forgot my purse. And she's like, don't worry. I just need your social. And she's typing it in. First and last name, can you verify your home address? And she said, I see your picture right here. They're waiting for you upstairs. We already have you pre-registered. I was like, thank oh, you, Lord. <laughs> and that is a good spot to end this information on me at all. And that's a good spot to end this session. And you've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio. Man, I am. That last part, I, dude. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Oh. You, you get bumped. You get bumped. <laughs> you be mad, mad, mad. It's like I comedy it. club. I've been back in the day. You go to comedy club, man. You, you know, you schedule go on. Then Eddie Murphy or somebody might walk in. You get bumped. <laughs> like, <hold> up, <laughs> you go. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. my God. Latrice, tell us about what you you have a nonprofit. So tell us about what you do uh, your, uh, with your nonprofit. So what my nonprofit came about because... In 2022, in January of 2022, um, they were releasing information on who was going to run for governor and who was going to run for lieutenant governor. Um, At that point, the gentleman that was running for governor had already asked me if I would run for lieutenant governor with him. I said yes, so we went ahead and released the information that was in January. Um, We went through the whole, pretty much, I feel like the whole beginning of the year and towards the end of the summer. The election was on July 19th, I believe. And um, at that point, we did not win, but I didn't want to stop um, the momentum that I had built up. And my goal was always to help people. I felt like if we were to make it and become governor and lieutenant governor, my primary was going to, my primary uh, issue that I was going to deal with was going to be health, the health industry, because hospitals were out of control at that point, which they still are in the state of Maryland. I don't know about um, other states, but I, you know, following Maryland, I was like, that's what I'm going to take on. So because we didn't make it, I didn't want to stop. I wanted to keep going and I wanted to help people. And I was like, you know, with 42 
to at that point I was 40, I was already 45. I think I just turned 45. So uh, you're talking about 44 years of knowledge and experience with diabetes <clears throat> and beginning um, transplant information. I was like, I really need to get this out. And I noticed in the area that I lived in, I said, you know, if I were to get sick, there's like nobody here that can help me. So I need to get this information out and see what I can do. So my husband and I talked it over and we decided to form Shining Lights Inc. <laughs> and put that information out and just, just spread the word and help people. So it is a nonprofit. Um, we go around to different areas in our community. Prince George's County, Maryland is very, very large, very widespread. So we decided to start at our, our home base in Prince George's County before we branch out. But we have begun to branch out. So we're now talking to you guys in Texas. We've talked to some in Virginia. We've talked to some in North Carolina. So we're slowly starting to spread that information. All right. You know, you don't seem like you don't seem like a, a person that's old enough to be happy to take, to take note to take insulin when it was when it when it was made from pigs. You know what I'm saying? I know they stopped that long time ago. You you lived through insulin when they when it was coming from pigs. That's that's hard to believe. I thought they stopped that like many years ago. Say it again. They stopped it. I say I say you don't look old enough to have taken insulin when it was. Uh, was coming from animals when he was coming from pigs. You know, you don't seem well, that old. Thank you. <laughs> you know? Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Well, actually, I will be 46 this Saturday, October 14th, so I'm very proud of that. And I get well, that a lot. My, mine you know, is tomorrow. So younger, it's, it's all God, because everything my that I've been tomorrow, through, girl. and I don't look old, That that's a plus. That's all God. Fellow oh. uh, Libra, my, my birthday tomorrow, October 13th. Oh. Really? Yep, yep. Happy yep. birthday. Yep, I'll be 50. we neighbor, brother, and sister. That's right. That's right. That's right. I know I feel old too. I feel 58, dog. I feel it sometimes. And maybe because I've been through all that I've been through. Like I'm asleep yeah. last night and I think my knee my knee locked up, but I was so tired. I was like, what is oh, going yeah, on? But oh, I never yeah. woke up. Yeah. But but you walking and all this stuff though, right? Yes, can I walk. can walk. Yeah. I can run if I want to for a little while. <laughs> really, really. But yes, I, I can I can do it all. People look at me and they can't tell. What I've been through, and again, that's it's yeah. all God. No, nah, they can't break. tell. You can't tell because I'm telling you, I know football players go through these bones and and mm -hmm. stuff, and but you went through like organs and bones and tissue and eyelids and eyebrows mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Man, it seemed like they didn't pull your bottom lip over your whole face. <laughs> you still, you still kicking, man. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm still life. kicking it. I'm still. All right, you've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930 AM, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.